Welcome back to the Building a Fighter podcast. My name is Dr. Austin Shane, sports chiropractor in Scottsdale, Arizona. With me, as always, badass strength coach in Denver, Colorado, Alex Friedman. What up, dude? How are you, man? Good. It's uh, late on a Tuesday, going after this one. And a uh, long day, but I get five days off because my anniversary is coming up. First wedding anniversary, which will be sick. Dude, are you taking five days off for it? What are you doing? Yeah, we are going up to Sedona for two days, um, hanging out, doing some hiking. I've never actually, I've been up to Sedona like 20 times, but I've never been downtown in Sedona. I've never actually seen the town. So we're going to hang out in town for a little bit. Um, and then. Uh, I was just going to say, something tells me, I think the downtown part of Sedona, the like actual town part is probably the least impressive part. Yes. Yes. But it'll be cool to hang out and just like kind of relax and see some stuff. I'm sure there's a lot of tchotchke shops and shit like that. Um, but then the next two days we're going to go to Cottonwood, which is just a little bit South. Um, but there's some wineries down there. We're going to take a train through the Red Rock, which is going to be really cool. I've seen some pictures. It's a lot of like picturesque looks. Um, and there's, of course, there's going to be alcohol involved. There's a beer tasting on the train and I get my chicken fingers, which I'm so excited for. Lisa got me a meal and she was looking through all the adult meals and she's like, you're not going to like any of these. And she got me chicken tenders. I'm like, let's fucking go. This is why I married you. <laughs> uh, but what's up with you, homie? Oh, not a whole lot. Same as you. Long day. But uh, yeah, just keeping grinding. And we're late on Tuesday night. But I don't know. Time to go. Got to get the podcast in. Got to get the building fighter done at any and all times. So Yes, sir. Today, everybody, we're going to be talking about branding and small business ownership. But mostly branding, because this is applicable to everybody. It's not just strength coaches. It's not just healthcare practitioners. It's fighters, too, because you guys got to learn how to build your own brands. You got to learn how to market yourself. And you got you got to learn how to bring eyes onto you so that you can get those big old payouts. So, Alex, what what's some of the stuff? What are some key steps when we're talking about marketing, branding, anything as far as like thinking of yourself as a small business that you've been doing recently? Well, I think one thing that, I mean, is, is hit on probably quite often, but as a small business, which if you're an MMA fighter, you own a small business, which is yourself. Surprise, surprise. Hopefully you all knew that already. Um, but the biggest thing for me in branding is being authentic, right? Is like genuinely being yourself, finding a brand that fits you and, and owning it and repping it to your personal values. Um, one thing I learned from my dad for the longest time, uh, he owned his own business and, and brand. And one thing that he said, he's like, people say business isn't personal. You know, that's bullshit. Any small <laughs> business bullshit. that you own, any business that you're involved with, that you're making decisions for, um, is partially you have a personal stake in it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can be as cold and calculating as you want, but that's also a personal decision. So um, being authentic, staying true to who you are, I think, is going to gain you a lot more favors and allow you to express yourself through your business a lot better than, um, than faking it or than trying to seem cool or seem like something that you're not, you know, I think that's a pitfall that a lot of fighters fall into because of the, the like Kobe Covington model, right? right? Like that's what I was make noise up. and get noticed. Um, yeah. but then you look at a guy like Sugar Sean O'Malley that dude is nothing but himself and he's reached Mm -hmm. the rewards for it. Right. So um, I think being authentic is really key into starting your own business, owning it, um, representing it and 
branding it. A lot of people, not just fighters, everybody included, they think about (laughs) what is going to get eyes on me. When in reality, if you're yourself, like Alex is saying, if you're authentic and you're true to you, people are going to be attracted to that. People can pick up on that. They can smell authenticity. But what what they also can smell is bullshit. And if you're just bullshitting, if you're if you're trying to get eyes on you, it's going to seem unauthentic. Or and and in that attempt to put eyes on you, it's actually going to turn people away because they can realize that this dude isn't like like Colby. It is so obvious that he's not a dickhead. It is so yeah. obvious that he's a nice human. The moment that he had with Kamaru after, like, eventually your charade is going to break, right? It's the same thing. We're seeing it with Henry right now. Like, Henry is actually a very nice human. I don't, like, as somebody that's been around him, has been around his family, Henry's a nice human. But he's not been branded like that. And that, yes, that's gotten eyes on him. That's gotten him paid more. But at some point in time, you get exhausted trying to play a different character. And do you really want to have to be exhausted forever trying to play this separate character? Or do you want to just be yourself? Because being yourself is fucking easy. You just wake up and you you live, right? You don't have to think about, whoa, what's going to get people to pay for my pay-per-views? Or, oh, what's going to get people into my clinic? It's just do good work, be you. People are going to be attracted to you that are similar in nature. No, and I wanted to counter your point there, like, Sometimes I think being yourself and being authentic is one of the hardest things that we have to do, right? Like genuinely standing up. I think it's really uh, strong-willed of people. Like maybe it's easy for you, Austin, right? That's I know that's exactly your counter that you're going to say. But I think for a lot of people, it's hard to genuinely embrace yourself. Like it takes a lot of like vulnerability to say, mm-hmm. hey, this is me and I'm not going to apologize for it, right? So um, I think it's, it's actually a lot harder to be yourself and to accurately brand yourself. Um, but to your point too, you're spinning the wheels and you're going to almost spend as much energy trying to not be yourself and trying to create the character as you would just to be brave and be yourself. So ultimately I think being authentic is going to win out. And especially like um, I know we, it's kind of glamorous to talk about the fighter and the personality with the the fighters, but as a support staff personnel, as a, a team doc, a personal trainer, a strength and conditioning coach, anything down the line, being yourself is going to what be what builds your relationship with mm-hmm. your athletes. It's going to build relationships with your peers, with your um, connections across different disciplines within the sports performance world. So I think the more that you can stay on brand, a.k.a. stay yourself, which at the point that you alluded to Austin, that really simplifies it. Right. Yeah. I don't have to think, am I being Alex right now? Or am I being whatever brand I've picked? Right. right. Well, it's it's not necessarily hard being yourself. It's scary to some people. It's scary to yourself. Right. Because you're afraid people aren't going to like you. Like, do you know how long it takes me to fucking write the, the write up for my Instagram posts? Because I'm afraid (laughs) uh, point blank. I'll be honest. I'm afraid of, of people not liking it or thinking it's wrong. Cause I'm not a good writer. I'm really good on video, but my writing is dog shit point blank. And it takes me forever, but guess the fuck what? I still put it out there and I'm going to second guess myself. And even like, I look at my posts all the time and I'm like, that's fucking stupid. Like that was wrong. But once you understand that, like I just heard Kelly Sturette saying this on a podcast recently, that 
no matter what you do, you can say something that is 100% right. There's always going to be a minor a minority of the population that's going to call you a fucking idiot. You have to not understand that's noise. People yeah. aren't going to like you for you. I like I am not always everybody's favorite person. I understand that I'm abrasive. <laughs> and maybe I just learned that early because I've always been a dickhead. But for the most part, I get that I'm abrasive and maybe that's why I'm a little bit more comfortable being myself because I've always been told to fuck off. Like <laughs> always. Um, well, and that, but that that's made me comfortable with who I am. And the only way to get comfortable with who you are is to put yourself in that situation. It's you, you don't be, don't be afraid of being yourself because that's the number one thing I keep seeing is that you're afraid. Well, you and, give yourself permission to fail and you give yourself permission to be yourself. I think is, is, is one of the hardest things. Like, a lot of things that paralyzed me early on is like, I can't say this because I'm going to be wrong. Or yeah. what if it's perceived wrong or this mm -hmm. or that? It's like, no, put it out there, be strong, be bold. And then if it's wrong, like everybody's wrong at some point, you can go back and fix it or you can own your mistake and grow from it. Like that's a lot stronger than trying to stay in this perfect little glass house that we're making. Right. Well, and, so, and with, a, well, with a lot of things, it's there when you're talking about culture and you're talking about like fighters and you're talking about building a brand, mm -hmm. there's not a lot of things that are wrong, right? It's, there's not mm -hmm. a lot of wrong answers for the most part, even in strength and conditioning, there's not a lot of wrong answers just because you don't agree with somebody that doesn't mean it's wrong. True. Like I say it all the time when we talk about sports practice and skills, it's just because I hit my double leg different than you doesn't mean one of us is right and one of us is wrong. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's main building blocks that should kind of be there, but your own little flair is what makes you you. Like you, what I keep learning over and over again when I fucking sit down and read through my Instagram posts over and over again is I'm like, this, it's not necessarily wrong. I just could reword this or I could say it better or there's all these different yeah. things. But just because you can say something better or just because you don't necessarily agree with 100% does not mean that it's wrong. That is your opinion. It's your thoughts on that. And you're trying to get your own ideas out there and into other people's heads or at least give them a different sense of perspective on how to see something. That's really what posting is. That's really what building a business is. That's really what giving expertise is, is that you want to try to show other people what you're thinking because you think it's going to benefit other people. That That's all we do in, in our continuing education. That's all we do when we talk to people, when people come to shadow me. That's why I talk so fucking much is because right. I want to try to get as many points that I can that I think is going to help the person in front of me, fighter, doctor, trainer. It doesn't matter. I want to give you as much as I can that I think is going to make you better at your job because the better you are at your job, the better the people you work with are going to be. No, I totally agree. And I think it's a, it's a conversation starter, right? And then there's always this problem that happens in conversations where the other person does 100% agree, right? Yeah, Which for sure. Is 100% their their opinion and everything, but I think the art of having that that discourse and an actual conversation there is gone, especially in social media, mm -hmm. right? Like that's never going to happen. So like you said on the outset, accept that there's going to be some hate coming at you, but if you start a discussion and you overall move the needle forward and we make progress, then that's what we were trying to do anyway and that's the the benefit out of it. Um but no, I think that all ties into being authentic, being yourself, being not afraid to be yourself um, in building your brand. Um, the next point, I think, with uh, building a brand and building your small business is accurately valuing yourself, mm -hmm. which 
is something that I struggle with every day. Austin, I know you've talked about your struggles with it, but accurately valuing yourself for your skill set is very hard to do because typically you go to one end of the extreme, right? It's like, you think you're the hottest shit. You think you know everything. You're going to charge an arm and a leg and then you end up with no customers because you're charging an arm and a leg. Or you go the opposite direction where, you know, I, I love doing this. I can do it for free. It's my passion. So I will train you for free. And then you make no money and then you end up not helping anybody anyway because you're going out of business or you're trying to pick up three or four extra jobs. Yep. Right. So accurately valuing your skill set and then accurately charging for that skill set is, is one of the biggest hurdles that I think small businesses have to overcome. For sure. Well, one of, I mean, I, I've said it on the pod before. One of my mentors is our head coach is Santino DeFranco. I've, I have a really good relationship with him. He's taught me a lot. He saw me going through that trend the first couple of years of my business where I, I mean, you guys can tell the people listening. I love my job. I absolutely mm-hmm. love doing what I do every day. Does Am I fucking exhausted all the time? Yes, but I love what I do. And because of that, I wasn't charging what I was worth. And Santino sat me down and he's like, look, dude, like I get you love what you're doing. I get it. But as a business owner, as, as somebody that's gone through exactly what you've gone through, the only way that you can continue for the long term to help as many people as possible is if you can help yourself and your family first. He's like, it, he, and that I'll remember that conversation forever because it, it changed my perspective on things. And I don't know why that one made it click. Cause it's not like that's the first time I ever fucking heard that, Right. but the setting that I was in and, and maybe it was the infliction that he had when he was telling me that it was genuine. It made me realize like, Oh shit. Like no matter how much I love what I do, you can't just give it away. Cause you know, what's really fucking hard doing a top notch job for a year and a half for free. And then telling people that they then have to pay for the same service that you were giving them for free. <laughs> yeah, that's always a hard hurdle. But one uh, one of the things or quotes that stuck with me I'm along the same lines of you have to supply for your your family and yourself first. Yep. One of the, the quotes that, that stuck out for me was people aren't paying you necessarily for your time or your expertise. People are paying you to not spend time with your family. Or they're paying you to not be doing something else that you love. For sure. Right. And so that's, that's one thing that puts me in perspective is like, is the opportunity cost of that. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, what else can I be doing with my time? And is this hour that I'm uh, spending with a person or this hour and a half strength conditioning session or whatever it is, am I being adequately compensated to not be doing that thing, to not be with my family, to not be on a trip or be, um, doing whatever you love. Yeah. Right? So F- fucking off and skiing or something or snowboarding. You don't ski, but like doing what you love to do, yeah. doing a hobby, like actually <laughs> right. having hobbies, which I still don't know what those are. Yeah. Hey, um, you're starting jujitsu. You're trying. Yep. Yep. I've, I'm on a five week outside of when I fucked up my feet. I'm on a five week streak of jujitsu outside of this yeah. week. Cause I'm going to go on my trip. Let's talk about hobbies. Look at me taking time <laughs> off. Hey, Sick. holy shit, dude. I, again, <laughs> I'm sure we'll get to boundaries um, at some point. What are boundaries? Right. That's the problem. We need to figure it out somehow. Um, But I think I was looking back. I've taken like five business days off this year. Yeah. And it's October. And two of them are for me. (laughs) Exactly. So, um, which is technically building fire. Two of them were work. Yeah. Right. Quote, unquote. So, it was ironic to uh, to look back at that and and be like, damn, 
I really don't like as much as I think I have boundaries. I really don't. <laughs> For sure. And, and it's a hard thing because if you're in the support role of professional athletics, you're there, you're not there for the money. Right. <laughs> if I wanted to make money, I would never work with an athlete point blank. I make way more money working with regular people. I'm there because I love it. And I think I can change people's lives. And yeah. you are almost, I don't know that you're, you're the grammar police altruistic. That's the right word here. I'm not sure if altruistic helping people, good natured. Anyways, I mean, altruistic. The meaning of altruistic is yeah. So like you're 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 to a fault. You want to help these people so much, right? And and by wanting to help as many people as possible, you're actually digging digging yourself a bigger hole, Mm -hmm. right? It's what I'm starting to realize, and and while. I think there's a gym down, down in Scottsdale that I think does a really good job of understanding their worth. Um, uh, some of the, like Henry, Henry goes there, NeuroForce one. They yeah. do a great job of understanding their worth. Um, they have a lot of tech, so they got to pay for the tech. So they have higher prices, but they get their worth and they're not going to overwork to, the, to themselves to a fault. And I respect right. the hell out of them for that. And and some people don't like them for that because they're not the every man's gym. But what yeah. they do is they can provide a premium service for the people that are willing to dedicate themselves to that. Yeah. And, and I think that's respectable, like extremely respectable because no, that's, a, think- that's a struggle. A lot of coaches and therapists have mm-hmm. is that you want to help everybody, but you don't realize that by helping everybody, you're actually helping nobody. Right. And a hundred percent. And then the, even like something like a price point is going to help you match up with your clients better. Right. Like mm-hmm. Neuroforce one having that price point is going to attract a guy like Henry Cejudo, you know, yep. which is, is built to do that. So that price point, I learned this very early on. And in, in one of my first jobs is like the price point and your demographic or your target audience, right. Is set a certain way so that you can attract the population you want to train. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you can organize that on the front end, then on the back end, you're going to get better fits for your clients that you have. You're going to get a, a much better experience between client and coach or client and person because you're getting more like-minded individuals in the door or uh, everything has a purpose behind it versus just arbitrarily picking like, oh, what are these five gyms in my five-mile radius charge? I'm going to undercut that or I'm going to charge the same or whatever. It's like match that oh, to your That's my biggest pet peeve is the undercutters. Oh God. That's my biggest pet peeve. And as, as somebody, I think I did it unintentionally at the beginning, not because I was (laughs) trying to, but, but do you, you have to understand that you have value. (laughs) Like unless you're offering a discount service, which I don't know anybody that wants to offer a discount service. Everybody should want to offer. Right. Exactly. If you want to offer shit, like get the fuck out of our point blank, get the fuck out of our fields. I don't have any, I don't have any sympathy for that. That's your 20 minute hit gyms. Yeah. But for the most part, like if you want to offer a premium service, you should get paid a premium for it. Like your time is valuable. Like I, I feel like I sound like, I always sound like a dick when I say I got four degrees. My time is worth a lot of money. Yeah. So why, like, why am I charging a very low rate for it? No, you've done the work. You have not necessarily the degrees, but the knowledge to then help the people in front of you at a premium rate. You should charge a premium rate. But I think one barrier to that is exactly something that, that you just articulated, and it's such an undervalued skill, is the ability to communicate that value. Yeah. Right? And Which, again, not saying that I, I know the, the recipe, but it's something that you get better at over time. But if you could communicate, like, this is what you're paying for, and this is the expertise I can share with you, 
not saying those words, but in showing it and the action and um, the better you can get that across, I think will increase your value simply by being able to communicate it because in the strength and conditioning field, in the healthcare field, you're not going to see results immediately. Right. So that's one, one thing we don't have in the marketplace is you can't go to a gym and then two days later be fit. Right. Or, or be rehabbing your ankle or your elbow or whatever it is. And then see Austin for two sessions and be fixed. Right. I'm not a magician, everybody. It's a process. So the better that you can communicate that process, the better you can communicate your own experiences, your own education, your own um, ability. I think the better buy-in and then the better uh, relationship and value you can set for yourself because you're having the right conversation versus having the wrong conversation. Like we talk about in coaching, it's like, Hey, just buy into my program. You know, it's the same as like, Hey, I'm a doctor. Right. Yep. So exactly. Like, yeah. You just say, I'm a doctor. Listen to me. But right. you don't it's give like, them a why. Yeah. And so that's the old adage. Like nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Right. For sure. So being able to communicate, I'm, I'm just trying to say is a hugely undervalued skill in that arena. For sure. Well, and, and so one thing that I think was going to help a lot of people out there in everything fighters included, if you're listening is exactly kind of what I said was understanding why you're doing things. Yeah. Like, why are you, why are you making a post? Right. Mm. If you think, if you're afraid of the internet trolls, which don't be afraid of them, they're <laughs> fucking annoying. But for the most part, if you, if you, if somebody's going to come at you, all you have to do is explain why you're doing it. They don't have to like the reason, but you have to explain yeah. why. If you don't have a why behind something you're posting and it's supposed to be educational or supposed to build your brand, then you shouldn't be posting it in the first place. Like, even if it's straight up, you're an Instagram model and you're trying to post a booty pic. Obviously, you're just trying to get fucking likes. That's your why. Fuck them. Like, that's what you're trying to do. But if yeah. you're trying to, like like us, we're trying to make educational content. If I'm going to make a post about a certain lift or about a certain, like, a certain technique or about a certain treatment that I'm doing, I should be able to explain why I'm doing that and why I wanted to put that content on the internet. And I'm going to parallel that with our training and what we talked about in programming before. The next level of why, if you can answer three or four whys deep to every action that you have or every post that you make, mm -hmm. the more valid and the more rich the content, mm -hmm. right? Because, you know, I, I see everything through this strength and conditioning lens or whatever. That's my education. But like, all right, why are you sharing a post about this exercise? Well, I've used this exercise. It's recently on my mind. I think it's very valuable for people to see. All right. Why do you think it's important for people to see that? Well, they'll learn a little bit about human movement. They might learn a little bit. They might visit our page more and take more recommendations on more exercises that we believe are the best thing that they can be doing. And then they might listen to the podcast. Then they're going to learn about training. Then they might contact our, us for services, which we think we can do the best job for them training wise for a fighter. Right. So it's like, it just goes down the rabbit hole and it continues to be validated versus, you know, Oh, I put that that up there because there's a cool hype mix behind it and it's going to get a lot of views. Yeah. Point Which point. is a little shallow reason because, you know, I might put that hype mix on and then people come to my page and then they follow that same rabbit hole, but it's a little more inauthentic of a process. Right, for sure. But but sometimes, like I just put, I, today, I put up a post today. It was a great exercise. I thought it was a fantastic exercise, but I knew it was going to hit well on Instagram. I was pushing yeah. a yoga ball around like I was shadow wrestling, right? Mm -hmm. I knew what I was doing. My why was, I think that's a fantastic exercise that 
in a sports-specific setting, certain athletes are going to benefit from tremendously. Am I going to use that with everybody? Fuck no. Am I going to do that out of camp? Fuck no. Like it's a specific yeah. purpose that I might use with one in 25 athletes. But I knew as I posted that I'm like, oh, this is going to hit the algorithm well. This is gonna, this is going to get more eyes on. Well, what's that going to do? It, even if it is a li- it, even if that is one of my whys to get more eyes on, what are those eyes going to do? They're not just going to look at that post. If you're new to our page, you're going to do what every other person on social media does. You're going to fucking click that thing and you're going to look at all the most recent posts. While that one was a little bit more flashy and it was one exercise, two posts down, Alex is doing a fantastic in-depth review about mobility. Four posts down from that, we're talking about exercise programming. Five posts down from that, so still on the grid, on our like the ninth post on the grid, we're doing an in-depth dive into, I think, movement patterns or something like that. This is all top-tier educational content that they're then going to get their eyes on. So that one post, like, and you can, that's cool on Instagram, you can track the engagement. So I can literally see mm-hmm. all this happen. And that one post, even though it is a little, little bit more flashy, and that is one of my whys, really one of my main whys is get people to the page so that they can see this top tier content we're offering. Mm-hmm. Because like talking about why, my why for building a fighter, why are we doing this? Why are we on this journey? Is that I believe every combat athlete deserves to have high quality care and should be able to elevate their game through relatively cost-effective methods. That's my why for building a fighter. Healthcare, strength conditioning, education. You should understand combat sports at a higher level if you look at our content. Yeah. And that's my why for building a fighter. So if that's my why for the entire organization – I want as many fucking eyes on that as possible because maybe that dude that's in Bufu, Alaska is able to see that one exercise. They realize that we offer strength and conditioning and we can elevate his training just based off yeah. of him being able to see some one flashy exercise that's going to lead him to more of our foundational shit. Yeah. And you know, this is the, uh, it's a fallacy that I fall into it a lot. I call it, <laughs> I call it the Ned Stark fallacy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where you, you're so altruistic and trying to be so noble that you never give in to the like the flashy shit or the the shit that maybe isn't 100 percent accurate to yourself or whatever. But then you end up getting decapitated and not succeeding because you never yeah. gave into it or never played the game. Right. So um, I've had to do a lot of, of checking my ego and swallowing and trying to figure out um, how to get around this this Ned Stark fallacy. But I think. One of the another quote that I, I've held on to in my head, I guess, is you're never going to help anyone if you don't sell them. You're never going to help them if you don't sell them, right? So that is part of the game, the marketing side of things, the um, the brand awareness, and then the right what we've been talking about most recently is the frequency of content that we're putting out, right? Mm-hmm. The more eyes, the more marketing that we can do, you know is going to draw more people in and then we're going to be able to help more people. And then it's a continuous cycle and hopefully a positive feedback loop like that where things just take off. So mm-hmm. it's important to swallow your ego, swallow your, your altruism at some point, if you want to go into branding and marketing like that. Speaking on branding and marketing, Austin, give us your top, let's say your top two tips. I just put marketing me in the fucking on. spot like this. Okay. Oh yeah, I like that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Top two tips on marketing: How do you get more people in the door? How do you get them to stay? Well, we already talked about one, um, which is being authentic. Be you. Sure. Your boy wears flip flops to the gym every day. Your boy, like <laughs> I, I wear fucking Lulu shorts and this this exact shirt or one of my fighter shirts 
that those are the only things that I wear or a buddy's clinic maybe. Um, well, how but, authentic is it of you to try and catch up to my hair though? I mean, Oh, this is something I've always wanted to try, but <laughs> try I, you are, you are trying. Yeah, I'm trying here. I do need to get it cut. <laughs> um, just thin. Um, sure, but sure, for the sure, most sure. part, it's, it comes down at least for me to, to being you. And if you're being you, you're going to attract people that like you, right? You're going to push away the people that aren't good fits because if they aren't good fits, they're not going to leave good reviews. If they don't leave right. good reviews, that's going to detract people from your business, not attract people from your business. Yeah. And and that's going to essentially just disintegrate your growth. Well, um, that's a that's the referral waterfall that yeah. uh, Pete Dupuis kind of posts about and talks yeah. about a lot. Pete mm-hmm. Dupuis, if you don't follow him, is Eric Cressy's kind of business partner. Um, yeah. he, drops a with, he's he's a, he drops think, a lot of gems. He drops a lot of gems. Is he a gems. therapist? I don't think he is. I think he's strictly businessman. Okay. I think um, he's a, a lot on the business side, but he drops some gem on far as just straight up gym marketing yeah. and uh, business ownership. But that was your first one. What's your second yep. marketing tip? Um, second one is don't be afraid to ask people to help you grow. Okay. Um, that's something I had a really rough time doing at the beginning. Yeah. I was afraid to have my fighters go tell other fighters to come in. Like, may, may, and maybe it's just because I didn't trust myself, or maybe I, I didn't trust the product that I had yet, or and I have no idea why, honestly. But it was one of those things that you never want to be the guy that's asking for everything. But it's not hard to have somebody leave you a review on Google. It's not hard if you're offering a premium product and you know you're helping the person in front of you. It's not hard to say, hey, if you know anybody else that can benefit from my services, please let them know because I want to help as many people as I can. Yeah. Um, and it, that alone has helped my – I mean I'm, I'm in my third year right now and each year it's gone – very, it, it's gone progressively well, but my third year compared to my second year is, is a massive increase and point blank. It's because I've started to tell people, I'm like, Hey, I I'm a small business. I don't have a lot of money for a marketing budget. I'm not going to be running Instagram ads all the time. The number one thing you can do for me, if I've helped you is leave me a review on Google and tell your friends about me because the yeah. more people I can help, the more people I can get back to the sport that they love. I, the more people I can keep on the mat, the more people I can get into the cage in the me- in the best way possible or the best shape possible. Um, and, and if I've helped you to your goals, I should be able to help your friends to their goals. And mm-hmm. I, I just showed you that. So just asking for help, honestly, which is something I've never been comfortable with. I fucking hate asking for help, yeah. but just asking your patients or your athletes for help and, and if you're giving them a high quality product, they're going to want to help you because you've helped them. And, and that's helped my growth tremendously. Yeah. I think that's big asking for help, asking for the Google review, uh, seems pretty trivial, but I, a lot of people actually check those. So I yep. think, uh, that's important. I do. Everywhere I go, I check those. Yeah, I know you do. And you're not quite the type of person that leaves bad reviews. Are you though? No, fuck that shit. <laughs> I've yeah, never, I can't. No, I take that back. I've left one bad review, and they really fucked me. Yeah. Absolutely, so really it, fucked. It's me. kind of funny to to figure that out. But Google reviews. Um, the next thing that I think can help is as far as a marketing is having a, and this is something we still need to work on for Billion Fighter, but having a um, clean and polished kind of back end or funnel towards the service. Yep. Right. So having the clean website, 
that funnels you to the product and the the service that we offer, which, you know, leads you into this, this purchasing thing or makes the journey smooth and easy. Right. So it's like found you on Instagram, follow the link in bio to your website. That's clean. That it well articulates who you are and what you do that offers the product super easily for sale. And I can do it through Apple pay, which is like two clicks on the lock button or whatever, or, or I know exactly what I'm purchasing when I purchase it, because we've all been there on the internet purchases where you're like, all right, am I going to get this in six weeks or actually going to get tomorrow? Right. And so (laughs) I think having that polished backend, which again is all just groundwork you can put in right away, you know, uh, setting up your Google business, setting up that type of stuff, which again, is stuff that we're working through, but the more clear and apparent it is that you're trying to offer a quality service and you have the quality thing set in place is going to just validate what somebody that's interested in is already thinking, right? They're thinking maybe I should go to Austin and he can, you know, help me rehab my thumb. Right. right. No matter what, guess what? It's not going to hurt. <laughs> right. Right. right <laughs> It'll right. never hurt you to have more positive reviews. It's only going to help you. And, so, and yeah, go ahead. It's, it's a one minute thing. It's a one minute thing to have them just before they leave. Well, you can't do it all from, they check geolocation. So have them do it in your parking lot, but literally just say, Hey, when you leave here, is there any chance you could just leave me a review? Don't say, Hey, leave me a five-star review. Just leave me a review and tell people what you, what we did here. Yeah, an honest review. Like, and it's cool. Like, I've, like, I've, I've not saved. That's not the right word, but I've helped people like not get surgeries. I've helped people like actually realize that they're not broken. And to hear their own, like, Mm -hmm. maybe it's just an ego boost for me, but to hear their own words based off of what we did is a fucking cool thing. Yeah, absolutely. Like being able to, it it makes you feel good, but it makes you realize that what you do matters. It makes all the fucking hours you put Mm -hmm. in matter because you know that you're actually changing people's lives. Mm -hmm. And, and while it's going to help your business, it's going to help you from a mental standpoint because it's going to give you that extra charge to get through the week. Like every time I get a good review and somebody leaves me like a nice note, it makes me immediately happier for at least five days. Because I know I helped that one person in front of me and the way that they articulated it, I could have never, I could have never wrote like that. I could have never said those nice things. And, and it's cool to see how much you can help people in their own words, I guess is what I'm getting at because it's always different than you saying it. hundred percent. It feels, it fills your cup, right? It gives you energy, which uh, I've had the experience and the, the pleasure to have really good clientele at Atlanta performance where I train, but like, Good clients fill your cup and they give you energy, right? Like they're, they're the ones that inspire you as much as a lot of times as a trainer, as a strength and conditioning coach, you're the ones putting in front of them to inspire, mm-hmm. motivate, like great clients inspire you as well. And you learn a ton from them. Um, but clients that fill your cup, clients that give you energy reviews, you know, validating your work. It's all things that give you energy moving forward and talking about energy. Let's get into boundaries. Austin, we touched on it a little bit earlier. I know, right? But setting boundaries for your small business and for your your working relationships, I think is one of the most important things because it really ensures quality in my my view of things. This is where Austin and I are going to have very opposing viewpoints. But I've been the strength coach that's at the gym for, you know, 12, 13 hours a day and is dog tired and lives to work and works to live and then 
it's, it's all good because I love this and I would do it for free anyway. I think point blank that diminishes my quality of service. I don't think I'm doing as good of job if I, I figured a few things out about myself. If I'm coaching more than four hours straight, I definitely don't think I'm as good a presence on the floor. So I, I try not to back to back to back myself more than four hours. Um, if I work longer than a 12 hour day, the next day, I think I'm worse hundred percent. And, and that doesn't mean like 12 back to back to backs. That means I have a 6am session and a 7pm session. Like mm -hmm. that split just straight up doesn't work for me as well. So I try to organize my schedule and scheduling is a huge hurdle. If you haven't uh, realized that yet in businessing, businessing, there you go. There's the grammar guy. Businessing. Um, but I think the, a couple rules that I figured out from, for myself, ensure the quality of the service, because ultimately, as we mm -hmm. just talked about being authentic, as we talked about getting referrals, as we talked about this and that quality service has to be your number one priority. I think one of the things that while, while I've said already, I'm not great at boundaries. Um, I am a workaholic and I, I love what I do to a fault, but one of the things that I think has to be separated as far as pushing boundaries is, is it skilled labor or are skilled tasks or unskilled tasks? Sure. Skilled tasks you can do way too much of like exactly what you're saying. If I'm, if I have to be on the floor or if I have to be one-on-one -on -one with a patient, stuff like that, I can push myself to the point where I know there's a diminishing return and I'm not giving a hundred percent to the person in front of me. If I've done too much. Point sure. blank. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I push past it because this is going to sound douchey, but like I know my 90% is going to be better than them going to the fucking joint point. Yeah. Like a hundred percent. I, I, I know it. me, yeah, them going 100%. in my office. And if I give them 80, even 80%, that's going to be better than them go, go into a whack and crack and go into the joint with sure. without a doubt. Yeah. Um, where I would differ and where I would disagree with you is sometimes in order for your, I guess, business or whatever, your being a fighter, sometimes there's shit work that you just have to fucking do and boundaries be damned and shit just has to get done sometimes. And it's going to suck. You're not going to be happy. You, you, you just got to do it. But that has to be, that mindset, I think, has to be with the unskilled work. You can't have that thought with skilled work because that's affecting a person in front of you. With unskilled work, like if you're doing like, fucking chart chart notes are the biggest bitch and a half for any healthcare provider or like going in and doing like backend work or setting up, setting up really simple systems that might just have to get done or, or maybe just doing like a blog post that you, you need to make a post that day. It doesn't have to be a lot, but it has to be like 500 words to me. All of that is, and maybe that's my own view, isn't as skilled of work as being one-on-one -on -one with a patient or one-on-four -on -four with athletes or something like that. Yeah. If it's unskilled, I can just push through and I can just zombie through it. And I know I'm going to at least give passable effort that is going to help the people that it's going to try to impact. Um, and that's where I set the boundaries, honestly, is if I need to get shit done, like I've, I've been up till one, two, three shit. The latest I've ever been up doing stupid fucking work, just mindless work is three 30 where yeah. I just, I, I needed to get it done that day. And it needed to be done for athletes the next day. Fuck it. I, I need to get this done. There's a deadline. I need to hit. It's just like college again. 
where yeah. I need to turn in a fucking paper. It needs to be passable and it needs to be able to be there at this time, not necessarily at this skill level. Yeah. Um, and, and, and really that's, that's where for me, the boundaries don't, I, I'm always going to work more because mm-hmm. there's always more to do, but just because there's more to do doesn't mean that I'm going to overexert myself in the skilled labor portion of what I'm doing. Right. And I think where, where I get my experience in this from is I've done a lot for the sake of doing a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's a common pitfall or trap that the strength condition coaches for sure fall into is like, I, it's almost like unconsciously, I need to prove my worth. I need to prove that I can work really hard. So I'm going to work these crazy hours just you so that know, I you don't prove. know how to sit still. Right. Exactly. So I think working hard for the sake of working hard is, is a line that you need to draw for sure. But if you can target more important tasks, more efficient tasks to do, and you work a lot and work really hard, I think you can do it. And there's always going to be shit you don't want to do. There's right. always going to be moments, but like that's when you can rely on your discipline. That's when you can rely on a lot of these habits that you formed of getting it done, even though like, and again, my mind works in, in terms of training. Like uh, you have a two and a half hour practice and then an hour later you have strength and conditioning. You know, if that's the only way to get it done, you're not going to feel like doing this fucking strength and conditioning session. Mm-hmm. But if that's the only way to get it done, you got to suck it up and do it sometimes. Yep. Right. If we fall into that, suck it up and do it for every single session. Right. That's where it fucking, that's gonna, where it's going to fucking hurt you then you're going to run into negative consequences. Right. Um, so and that's it's burnout. a balance. That, that right balance, there in 100%. itself is burnout. Yeah. You're going to fall out of love. That's, that's what makes people like me and you hate, absolutely hate the thing that they once loved. Yeah. Is because that's how they feel about every single session that they do. Yeah. Um, but I think an easy way to build more boundaries is to build systems. And if you can build systems that are going to take you having to be there out of the equation, or that's going to take you having to do that, just work to fucking work the menial tasks out of the way, Mm -hmm. then that's going to give you a little bit of time back. That's going to give you a little bit of happiness back. That's going to give you a little bit more availability to either hang out with your family or hang out with like, or or go work or or do more skilled work or do self-improvement reading or some shit like that. Mm -hmm. But if you can build a system like for me right now, I'm, uh, I mean, I don't you don't even know this, but I'm building up protocols right now for, I saw, I thought it was a genius idea that Kelly Sturette did. I've mentioned him a couple of times. I've been listening. I, he's a guy that while I don't necessarily agree with everything he says from a therapy standpoint, he's one of the best businessmen to ever be in healthcare and performance. He is a master of understanding who he is and how he can help the people in front of him in the best way possible, in the biggest scope possible. He, he might be the best person to ever do that. And that, that's been in this field. Mm-hmm. So I've been trying to listen as much as I can to every interview that and his whole podcast shit, I'm 65 episodes in that I obviously I get obsessive about shit. Um, but I'm like 65 episodes into his podcast and I've tried to listen to every podcast that he's been interviewed on in the last month as well, just to hear. And the more I hear, the more I learn and the more I learn. And he had this idea about protocols. And so he's made protocols for golfer's elbow. He's made protocols for tennis elbow. He's made protocols for low back pain, all these different things in a, just a pamphlet that you can go buy on the ready state. Yeah. 
why can't building a fighter offer these? I, we get messages all the fucking time from people about different health stuff and I can't answer them. I'm not there. Like I can't answer them to the best of my ability without doing an assessment, but I can make these guidelines where, Hey, for 90% of the population, this is going to help you. And I can make this protocol for like, say you got elbow pain and you're a striker. Well, I've seen enough of that at this point. I know what's most likely going to help you for elbow pain as a striker and you feel a click and you can't necessarily extend your elbow fully. Like we can do some, go to somebody that's going to do some manual work, or you're going to get voodoo floss, or you're going to get a tri, or you're going to get a lacrosse ball. We're going to do some range of motion through the tricep. Hey, we're going to hit the brachial radialis as well. Forearm flexors are probably crazy tight. And then we're going to do some cars through there. We're going to do some different elbow based exercises, increase your shoulder stability because it's probably that that's caused this whole fucking thing. And then check your neurodynamics. Like it's a very easy protocol that if I work my way through this system, that's going to save me from having to fucking answer all these questions that I get. Like my number one thing that overwhelms me is having to respond to like, I fucking hate my phone having to respond to people all the time stresses me out, but I have to do it because I want to help people. But what's going to make me less stressed is if I make these protocols, I can, I can literally say somebody emails me or somebody texts me or somebody messages us and says, Hey, I got elbow pain. I'm a striker. What can help me? Guess what? Go to buildingafighter.com. We have a elbow pain for a striking athlete. It's it's a protocol right there for you of a four-week system you can do on your own that's going to benefit you. And then that's going to make them better, but it's also going to make us money, which at the end of the day, we're a business. Yeah. So if I can make that system, that's going to take stress off of my plate. It's actually going to make us more money and it's going to help more people. And it all comes from just putting in the fucking work on the front end so that it's going to save me a lot of time. And it's going to give me a lot of happiness on the back end. Oh, it's the old Michael Scott win, win, win situation. Yeah. Right. So, and, and I think that's really smart again, because we do it with our strength and conditioning programs already, but it's solving a problem once rather than solving a problem a hundred times. Right. Yeah. So with our strength and conditioning programs, like, all right, I have a wrestler. He's two months out from season. I can generally apply the same ideals, the same um, principles to this person. Now I'm going to change some of the methods to fit, you know, if it's a heavyweight versus 125 pounder, or if, if they wrestle in high school versus they wrestle division, you know, one in college or whatever. So you, you modify those small little variables, but for the most part, you can have the same system in place for, you know, up to X amount of people. Um, so the systems I think is one really good way to expedite or make your action more efficient but I also think what we did earlier this week, Austin, is communicate about yeah. a lot of this stuff, right? So if you mm-hmm. have clear communication in your boundaries or you have more communication about um, what's the best way to make sure we're giving a quality product, then I think you can be more efficient on the back end of your business. And, you know, it makes it harder with more people or, or partnership or this or that versus if you're a small business and you only have yourself to worry about. Which again, sometimes having a conversation with your health yourself is the hardest thing to do. But the more and clearer and accurate communication you can get with a partner, with your clients, with everything else, I think the better the end result's gonna be. For sure. Yep. Straight and up. That's just gonna open up more channels that are going to the clearer the communication, the more you can accomplish at the end of the point blank. Yeah. Because you're going to have a better understanding of what to expect. That's mm-hmm. like, again, t- 
talking in coaching terms, that's my biggest pet peeve. Coaches yelling at athletes for not this, not that. Not, did you explain that was an expectation? Right. You're not hustling station to station. Have you told them to <laughs> hustle station to station? You didn't like, tell them they had to sprint to the next station. Well, they should have known. How the fuck should they anyway. have known? They're 16. Yeah. Right, which is silly anyway. But, um, yeah, I think communicating, again, is a just very general overarching fix to everything but um that becomes really important either building a small business or branding yourself which all branding is is communication in a different fashion yeah communicate honestly it's communication to the truest extent branding is literally just what do you want to communicate to the outside world (laughs) yeah and in a case like building a fighter or your small business who am i yep let me brand myself right so Uh, but no, I think that's all we really have to talk about as far as like small business and branding uh, type of ideas, which again, are always a work in progress because we are support staff, healthcare practitioners or strength and conditioning coaches first. And then in my eyes, businessmen second or whatever that can go back and forth. But business that's, owners, that's the less trained skill set. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's not what we focused our whole education on. Right. Um, but everybody, that is our talk on branding, marketing, and just honestly being authentic. If you guys got to get in touch with us or you think that we're idiots and you want to correct us on a lot of this shit, all of our information is going to be in the show notes. <laughs> so DM us or email. Those are going to be the best. As I said, I love responding to them. Um, <laughs> if you guys are looking for programs, right now we have eight available we have one low back pain protocol um, as well as seven strength conditioning courses or strength conditioning programs available for you guys we have custom team and custom individual programs as well so if you want to get a little bit deeper of a dive those are all available at buildingafighter.com this is dr austin shane alex freeman and we are out (laughs) 